You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Building the future on the field and in Jack London Square. It's now time to go inside the bill for an in-depth look at what it takes to build the most unique and creative ballpark in sports history. This is the build. The president, Dave Cavill, to talk about this. And it's one of the fun things that we do every two weeks. It's great. I love it. It's great having me here. It's great to get the word out to our fans on where we are in the process and the ups and downs and making sure people have a sense of the momentum that we're building towards this new privately financed ballpark. And uh, it's just an exciting thing to do. You know, the you talk about ups and downs. You know what I, I really dig about what you guys do is you're not afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, certain people are afraid, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't know oh, no bad news. Yeah. Don't. yeah. You're not afraid of that. And the reality is in business, yeah. there's going to be ups and downs. Absolutely. That's just the way it goes. And I think in life there's ups and downs. People know that. And so I think it's better just to be, you know, uh, transparent and open about that and say, hey, you know, we had a good week. We got these things accomplished. Or, hey, we didn't have as good a week. You know, we have some challenges. We have some work to do. And all that thing that updates makes it more real for people to understand where we're going. Yeah, and and it, and it shows you just how tough it is to get anything built. But also, when you have those hurdles and you get over those hurdles, it makes the final product even oh, yeah. sweeter because you're so rewarding. It <laughs> it's so rewarding all the hard work, and obviously for our fans who just deserve a new ballpark with the modern amenities, so we can have a higher payroll, retain our players. These are key guiding principles for us with building this new waterfront ballpark. And we want to do it in a way where we can make sure that our existing fans can afford to go. We're not going to have a crazy situation where we price people out. It has to be something that's inclusive for our community. So all those things together, you know, kind of throwing that together and balancing it out so we have a project that's a success. You know, I like how you say that, pricing people out, because I think that's something that we see in professional sports, especially when – you open up a new stadium, yep. a new arena, and all of a sudden you start talking about seat licensing. You start talking about the pricing for just the regular folks who are not corporate America. You, you, you price them out, and it's sad. Well, and I think it affects the experience at the venue. You know, these new ballparks or stadiums or arenas, they've kind of lost their soul. You know, you go there, and like no one's really cheering or really cares in the same way. They're just, you know, con- conversing about whatever business topics – one reason I love going to the Coliseum is that it really has that energy to it and excitement, whether it's the bleachers or the third deck or just fans anywhere. And we want to make sure we bottle that up and make sure we have a product and a venue down at the waterfront that has that too. So you got to go to Tokyo this year. And yeah, you, and, for sure. And you got to see it. And I think Japanese baseball is amazing where they have the, the bands and they have a different song. Cheering section of the supporters. It's great. For yeah. every single player, they yeah. have a different song. And then we come back here, and recently you have, whether it's been the Astros broadcast or the Yankees broadcast, and they're complaining about our drums and our no and our noise. I'm like, they're missing the boat. Like, oh, how yeah. do they not? This is like this is what it's all about. It's like That's college, why we have the games. It's yeah, like right. college football. It's like wh- wh- how do they not understand this? Well, I mean, we have something unique here with the culture in terms of consuming the game and 
you know, celebrating that exciting experience. And we're just going to keep that. We're going to keep that obviously here and cherish it at the Coliseum, but also in the new building. And that can be uniquely Oakland in terms about what we're bringing to Major League Baseball. And I'm hopeful that other teams will adopt that because I think it creates a better experience for everyone at the game. Yeah, because you're participating in the game. I mean, for years, yeah. the I believe in Stephen Vogt, our, I know. Buddy, our buddy's incredible. Yes, exactly. Sean yeah. Doolittle and everybody doing his uh, uh-huh. elbow pointing. It's 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 or the Bernie, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Like all these different things that people participate in. It's fun, you know. It creates that connection. Baseball's supposed to be fun. It doesn't have to be so serious, right? And so I think it's just important to not only celebrate those things, but cherish them and make sure that they stay. I following you on Twitter the mm-hmm. other day. I saw you talking about all the different unions who Absolutely. are behind you. Absolutely, talk about that. Yeah, you know we have unprecedented union support with both projects. You know the waterfront ballpark as well as the redevelopment here of the Coliseum site. 135 unions. The Alameda Labor Council has endorsed the project. That's over 135,000 workers in Alameda County, and these are everyone from you know concession workers to the SEIU, which handles administration. Um, to the Teamsters, like all these great unions, IATSE, who do or the stagehands, all supporting this effort. Some of them are existing unions we work with. Some are just people who want to see Oakland, you know, properly um, kind of like push forward to the next level and making sure that like these new developments are done responsibly with union labor, both in terms of construction as well as operations. And so we're very proud of that. That's an important, you know, kind of guiding principle to have union labor. Um, building the ballpark and actually operating the ballpark in its facility, and that's going to be an important aspect to our success. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but helping Oakland get better, how much does that affect all of Alameda County? This is kind of the, the capital of Alameda County, of really the entire East Bay, of you know, 2.5 million people contra across the county, Alameda County. You know, Oakland it sits at the center of that. It's commercial hub. It's entertainment hub. And so it's – you know, whether or not it's thriving or not matters, and it matters to all these other areas. And I think people are taking notice of that. You know, regionally it brings people into this area that maybe would normally wouldn't be there or maybe would be spending dollars in San Francisco or on the peninsula. So you have to understand we're competing for tourist dollars, for regional dollars, and if we can get that those dollars spent here, there's going to be more jobs closer to where people are living. It just makes a lot more sense. And that's where I think the unions get it, right? They understand Absolutely. that 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 you like what we saw last night where you saw over 50, 53,000 people here. It's incredible. Right? If we could get that, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be that big at the new ballpark, but to get that for 81 home dates, how big that would be That'd for be the tremendous. city of Oakland. Yeah, exactly, in, both in terms of the jobs and just also the you know excitement that that brings and what it means for the small businesses around the ballpark. You know, that's the thing we don't have here at the Coliseum. You don't really have businesses right next door because you just have you know, a parking lot. So in the urban location of downtown, more like AT&T Park or the Shark Tank in San Jose, you can have bars and restaurants and other small businesses that actually thrive because you're bringing millions of people to that location. They come early, they go out to dinner, they stay late afterwards, they may be like, you know, think about moving there or maybe even if they're a business owner they move their company there those are all really big benefits that a ballpark can bring to a region at this location do you see that being possible it's just more challenging because you know the downtown locations because you already have hundreds of thousands of people living and working there you have like a kernel to build off here this area doesn't have as much of that and so um, we're trying to make sure that whatever is done here is done responsibly in response to what the local community wants and making sure that this isn't just something that's a regional draw, but it also helps what's 
you know, the neighborhood around it um, wants and actually kind of deserves. And so that's why we think that's important. Yeah, and I think about preserving this field, and the thing that I, I, I love about it is, yeah, you think of all the great baseball players. We had Steve yeah. Vucinich on. Ah, so good. We so had him yesterday. Good. Yes. You know, Mickey Mantle's last year was the A's first year here. That's amazing. Mickey yeah. Mantle play. I mean, you think of all the great players, and not only that, think of all the great football players. Oh, a- absolutely, and even the day on the green. You know, the concerts yeah. that were here. So it's preserving this field, building an urban youth academy around it so actually kids in these communities can have a safe place to learn baseball and probably soccer too because we probably do a soccer academy could be an incredible investment in the community that we would be making and then a great reason to keep this field and kind of carry it forward for another generation. Yeah, I, if someday I can sit here and watch, like, high schools play here. Be cool. How special yeah. would that be? be amazing, you know. Think about it. They would know the history that occurred here. And then they could build on that, and then people could connect in a real way. And that's that's what we're trying to accomplish with, with that plan. So on this show, we had Vita Blue and Blue Moon Odom, you know, guys who won three championships. And when I told them mm-hmm. that you're going to preserve this field, yeah, to watch these men in their 70s, to see what that meant to them, and the guys that we're going to honor today, the 1989 team, one of the greatest teams who have ever played, there's just something special for them to know that because – for all these years, mm-hmm. no matter how many championships, they tear places down. I know. They blow them up. You know how it goes. You see it on TV. Yeah. And, and the fact that we're going to keep that for these guys. I mean, for the fans, it's one thing. For these guys who, who did it on this field means so much. Oh, yeah. And I think that's a special part of it. And I think being able to carry that tradition forward is important for communities because it creates like a, a the next generation. It connects them to the past. And actually, the new memories that are created here will be amazing. You know, that's going to be a fun part. And, I'm, you know, think about nine championships. I was talking about this before you came on. You know, there's not many franchises in the history of sports that have won nine championships. There's no one that's done it in football. Right. Like, you know, I think basketball, you got the Celtics and the Lakers. Right. That's it. Right. I, you know, I mean, so the fact that we have nine championships, what was it about when you came on board where you said, you know what, we haven't honored our history the right way. We're now going to do that. Well, I think it's critically important as we really stake our claim here in the Bay Area and across the sports landscape to celebrate our history because I think a lot of people don't know. And so we need to, we should be proud of the fact that we've won nine world championships, that we've had some of the greatest players of all time, Ricky Henderson, Raleigh Fingers, Dennis Eckersley. They've played here. Our history in Philadelphia, like we, we built Shy Park Tavern to really hearken back to that and educate people. That's a big reason why the Oakland A's, or just the A's in general, are really – a critical part of the sports landscape. And so we want to do everything we can to celebrate that, to make, you know, our current fans, you know, aware of it and to carry it forward in a positive way. It helps our players in the clubhouse understanding, you know, what it means to, you know, don the actual uniform and the expectation it brings of more championships in the future. Yeah, because, you know, as I get older and we start working with younger people, you start to realize, you know, they they were born in the 80s. They were born in the 90s. And you're like, you don't remember how dominant 1989 was. Oh, I that mean, team. What a team. Rock stars. They yeah. were rock stars. Well, they, they were the biggest um, athletes in the world. You know, now when people watch, like, and they see Messi or Ronaldo or LeBron James, you know, the players on that 89 team really were that level in terms of, like, you know, human interest stories, you know, all the different aspects to it, the personalities, what it did. I mean, the whole country knew. It was a national or international story. And so I think what we need to do is really celebrate that chapter of our history and also chart a new course in the future where 
you know, the players that we have now, whether it's Matt Chapman or Matt Olson or Sean Manai or whoever it ends up being, Loriano, can really elevate themselves in that same way because that's exciting. That's what it means to be an Oakland A, you know, and so I think we want to do everything we can to, to push that forward. Yeah, people may forget Jose Canseco was a big deal. Remember, he's coming out of Madonna's condo. Oh, yeah, and, a big thing. I mean, he was yeah. a big – I mean, he was – you, you, when you think now, we talk about how we don't market baseball players enough. Mm-hmm. Jose Canseco back in the day was as big as any football player. Oh yeah, and that you know the thing is in the late '80s, you know that was in in some ways before the NFL had really risen. Yeah, um, to in some ways surpass baseball in terms of its popularity in the country. So baseball was like kind of at its high watermark, and so to have the championship team in three World Series in a row. You know, playing these incredible teams like the Dodgers or, you know, obviously the Giants, that was a big deal. It was a big deal for not only our community, but for baseball in general and for the entire country. And so that's why I think this team and celebrating the 89 team today is a great thing to do. And I'm really proud to have everyone here to to really carry that forward. You know, I don't know how we fix it. And it really bothers me because of when I grew up watching baseball and, you know, I was in high school at that time when the A's were, were at their power and you remember 88, it's the, the A's up against the Dodgers. The Yankees, when I was growing up and you were growing up, yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. No, no, that was the Mattingly era. They really struggled. They Only one time did I he know, play in the playoffs. I know, and they just weren't dominant. You know, they were dominant in the 70s, and then obviously when Jeter came in the 90s. But there was a large period of time, as you know. Yeah. That's right when I grew up, too. They weren't the dominant force. That Red they, Sox, no. No chance, yeah. And then the game flipped, and for some reason now, and as much as I love the MLB Network, it's my favorite channel. I yep. watch it every day. Yep. I'm, I'm a baseball dork. I admit it. But it's like the NFL and even the NBA. I mean, the NBA even made Oklahoma City a big deal. That's one True. of the smallest markets. How do we get back to not just being a regional sport, getting back to being a national sport? I mean, I think it comes down to the players. You know, I think the players are, you know, the personalities and the characters in the narrative of baseball. And, you know, baseball has always been connected to kind of American history and where we are as a country. And so I think we just need to, you know, basically lift them up and make sure that people know who they are, their personalities, who they are. Because if we do that, I think people will take notice and they will lean in and they'll get excited about it. And I think some of the things like the participatory numbers, the kids playing baseball now, the numbers are going up. You know, it's been surpassing soccer, the growth over the last, you know, three to five years. That's a good sign. And more people are getting back into it. So I think we're, like, poised maybe for a little bit of a renaissance in that way if we play our cards right, if we manage things, market things properly. And that could be something that we do in Oakland, you know, in a real way. You know, I'm not shocked. And Cody, my producer, had the numbers yesterday about how youth football is way down. Not shocked by that. Got a lot of buddies who won't let their sons play, so I understand. Youth soccer is down. Yeah. You've been in soccer, professional soccer, for a long time. Are you shocked by that? Well, I think it, it's all about money. You know, these youth sports now, if you have kids who play, it's a, it's a pay-to-play model. And I think at some point it just reaches the breaking point. Like how many times are, you know, if you're growing up in Dublin, California, are going to fly to, like, the East Coast for your, you know, traveling soccer team or whatever. And so it's just it becomes difficult for people to do it. So I think at some level they just check out. And so I think baseball has an opportunity. And we do this a little bit with our – play ball initiative where we just go into communities and say we just want to play baseball we want to play for fun you know when I used to play as a kid we just picked up it was, we just played in the local park it wasn't so structured and then that was the joy that was in the game 
And I think we need more of that in sport, and I think baseball could be part of that in a positive way. You mean when you were growing up in Cleveland, you, you, you didn't there get – There was no travel team, dude. You didn't get yeah. in the family roadster and go to Cincinnati and play no, in a tournament? No, no. We just went down, we just went down the street to uh, Neyland Park and, you know, yeah. played a little ball. We played like, in the yeah. street. We did. We did that, too. We had a lot of stickball going. We played on an old abandoned tennis court, you know. We always lost the baseballs in the trees, you know, how it goes. So. Yeah, you'd break windows and yeah. you'd have to go retrieve the ball in the neighbor's yard. I remember, I remember. Yeah, we didn't yeah. drive like two, three hours to go play no. a travel ball my, tournament. You know, yeah, my parents had no time to drive me anywhere. It's <laughs> like so you got to go figure it out on your own, Dave. So so that was the way it was. And I think hopefully there can be more of that because I think people, you know, kids like that environment, you know, when it's not overly coached and stressed out. And so I think that what you're seeing in soccer is maybe a reaction against that. And we have to be careful in baseball. There's a lot of that, too. So, like, you know, it's not immune to that same situation. Yeah, when, when, when everybody's playing in the street, there's the community feel. And, and that's something that uh, we are definitely lacking. Let's get to the ballpark. Yeah, so, we got so, some big votes coming up. So what do we got going on? Yeah, with so we have two um, kind of basically the state legislation, you know, AB 1191, which is our trust exchange, and SB 293, which is our tax increment financing. Both those bills over the next two weeks are going to be basically voted on on the floor of the California Assembly. So that is a critical step to get those done by the time the session is over by mid-September so they can go onto the governor's desk and be signed and turned into law. That is a huge accomplishment. It's a big deal to get these bills through the legislature. There's a lot of, like, you know, trials and tribulations and places where it can go astray or get pushed off another year. And so we're feeling good about where we are. You know, we don't want to you know, declare victory yet because we still have a little bit of work to do. We're going to have a hearing probably on the 12th or 13th of September um, in Assembly Natural Resources, but that should be the last hearing, and then there will be a floor vote, and hopefully then it will just go to the um, governor for signature. So this is getting, as Jim Harbaugh yeah. once said, this is getting real, real, real fast. Oh, it is. You know, we're, we're uh, you know, to carry on with the football analogy, you know, we're in the red zone here on these two <laughs> bills. So we're going we're gonna to score, you're going to score a touchdown and go for two. And uh, I think it'll be really an important accomplishment. It helps the momentum on the project. And then it kicks forward kind of the next period where the next bigger approval is really the key one, which is city council early next year. So then we get through all this, these state approvals. We're done with that. And we can fo focus on getting the city council. And that, that's going to be a big lift, too. We'll need the entire community, all our fans, the business community, um, everyone involved to make that happen, to get the five votes on the city council um, to certify the environmental report and the whole project. Yeah, once you get the state approval, I mean, the city kind of has to go hand in hand, right? Well, I mean, it, 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 I think it matters. Like, we've deliberately tried to build this, like, as a momentum play where we've started – we did one state bill last year, then we got the port, then we got the county, now we have two more state bills, and then we go city. And so then it's like everyone has weighed in on this and said, hey, this is a great project. This brings so many benefits. The A's have tailored the project to make sure they're responding to any criticisms, making sure the transportation plan works, the seaport compatibility works, that all the key concern points or maybe even pain points are addressed in a real way. And that's what we've been doing, you know, day in, day out with our team of consultants and in-house staff to make that work, working hand-in-hand -hand with the city and all the uh, stakeholders. And so that's been a process. It's been one that's, like I said, has had ups and downs in terms of getting us to where we need to go. But we feel that we're gaining on it every day to get to a project that's a win for everyone. You know, over the years I got a chance to interview Gavin Newsom. And yeah. I, and Gavin being a Bay Area guy. Played Baseball ball, guy. Played ball at Santa Clara. Yeah. Uh, how much does that help that 
You got a baseball guy who's the governor. Can't hurt. Can't right? or, or I had the lieutenant governor, Eleni, out last night. She threw out the first pitch. And you know, she grew up in Sacramento when, you know, uh, we had an affiliation there. And she saw the A's and all the great players come through. So I think I think people understand the impact, especially of a privately financed stadium. You know, we're, we're moving forward, you know, making this huge hundreds of millions of dollars investment and what that can mean for Oakland and especially with the other teams leaving. I think the politicians know the importance. This is a very consequential moment, not just for the A's, but for the entire East Bay. And I still think that there's people that don't get it, and it's not till the first night of the NBA season yeah. when the Warriors open up the Chase Center it's true. that people are really going to real. Wow, wow, they're gone. I know. They're gone. They're not playing here again. It's never happening. Yeah, I mean, we, we did some surveying in the community, and there were still a substantial amount of people, 20 or 30%, who didn't know that the Warriors were leaving. So How I crazy think, is that? Well, I mean, remember, a lot of people don't even go to the games. You yeah. know, it's like we're really in the sports. We live it day in, day out. Other people are just trying to make, make ends meet. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, those realizations kind of hit you when, like you said, when the team is gone and when it's like, oh, my cousin who was working at the arena doesn't have that job anymore or whatever it ends up being. Those are going to be important points, and I think it will showcase – the importance and what a team, a baseball team or a sporting team brings to a community, the community events we do, going to the hospitals, taking our players, and having our players be role models for community members to understand, hey, this is something to, to aspire to. That's important, too. Don't, don't underestimate that. And when you think about 41 home dates plus the preseason, then you take – what you have with football, yeah. and there's the preseason. That's 10 home dates, and we're not counting postseason. I think that's the thing for me that's really sad because, you know, working here for all these years and and being over at the arena and being over here yeah. and getting to know everybody, there's there's a lot of people who are going to be missing that paycheck, and I don't think people really understand how much that's going to hurt people who have been working here for really a lot of them their, their entire lives. Well, and that's where we can step in and, you know, try to fill the breach and make sure that we're – you know, employing as many of those people as we can and making sure that they have a livelihood, at least with the ACE. You know, we can't provide, you know, the dates that they did, but it's still really important for us to have that local hire, to have those union employees, to make sure that the impact of our games is substantial and gross. So September, we got, we got some we got some. We big got stuff two big on. votes in yeah. September, so that's going to be really big time. And then the, the next thing after that is really the draft environmental report comes out in the fall. And so that'll be a big thing. That'll be a public document that's like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages on everything from the transportation plan to the greenhouse gas impacts to air quality, you know, all the different aspects of the project. And there'll be a lot of public meetings and outreach around that as well. So I look forward to, you know, filling everyone in on that part of the process and keeping people engaged on what is really uh, a pretty exciting project for the Oakland A's. You know, one thing we like to joke about is, well, if you, if you got something you want, just just go on Twitter and, and go to Dave Cavill. That's and you're, right. I'll tweet right back. We're on it. We're on it. Whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> We're on. Why does that mean so much to you to be that transparent, to be able to say, hey, listen, I, I respect what you have to say, and my staff's going to work on it? I mean, I think the reality is, is I'm a fan at heart. You know, I've grown up as a fan in terms of that connection to the experience and the team and and I think all people really want, or at least when I was in that role, is I want to make sure that my voice was heard. Like, you, you know that not everything maybe you ask for can be accomplished, but if your voice is heard and you're, you're a key stakeholder and, you know, contributor to where the organization is going, that breeds a sense of, you know, basically ownership that's really, really important. And so it's something that I like. It's kind of my style. We did it in San Jose, too, and uh, we're going to keep doing it here. Yeah, well, no, you're doing a hell of a job. And you know what the fun part is? 
The team's winning. It's amazing. What a team. This is such a fun team. This has been a great homestand. You know, this is a real consequential game here today. We're going for that trophy. Uh, so it's it's going to be really fun to have everyone out. We've had huge crowds, too, which is great. You know, 53,000 last night and opening Mount Davis. And it was just great. It was an electric atmosphere, which I love. How much does it help you with everything you're doing with a team that's winning versus if the team wasn't winning? It matters. It matters. I mean, it, it, it raises the profile and the awareness of everything that we're doing, of the stadium effort, of the importance of this team and what it means to the Oakland community. So all those things matter. And, you know, I've been unbelievably um, proud of how the team has played this year, the last couple of years. David and Billy have put together an incredible team. Bob Melvin, the way he handles the young players. And then the players themselves, you know, have really excelled. And a lot of young players have really stepped up. And even this year when we've had injuries, Folks have stepped up, and, and the team is just playing at a very, very high level. So it's fun to watch, and uh, every day at the ballpark is just a great day. You have a special announcement today. Can we talk about that, or do we need to wait? I don't know. Is this live? This is live. Well, we ha- I'm going to have to wait. I can't, I can't let the cat out of the bag yet. But how cool is it going to be? It's going to be cool. You know, we're, uh, that's also responding to what we've heard from fans, from the community, from you know, uh, alumni players to make sure that we honor our history and our heritage, and uh, it's a great way to do it. So stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Just stay tuned before the game. Going to be very – you know, I had Carney Lansford on yesterday with, yeah. t- with Terry Steinbach. So good, those and, guys. And I told him, I said, you know what? As we go forward with this Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. we really have a lot of players who deserve it, and it will be – I know. Cause it's fun. Some Hall of Fames, like you hear, that guy's getting in. It's kind of a stretch. Well, yeah, because they don't have that many guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we don't have that issue, right? No, yeah. like we have – are we, are we going to do the Philadelphia guys, too? Absolutely. There's so many players yeah. that we have I think, to do. I think next year, and I've heard this from a lot of fans, like you know, like the Connie Max of the world, you know, yeah. we have to have some of them in. I mean, obviously you look at even game. I saw Bochi up there where he was at, like, whatever, 4,000 games managed, and then you have Connie Mack up there, like 8,000 or something like that. It's like it's never going to be reached. Like the guy, you know, obviously he managed for, like, 60 years. It's incredible. And so um, we have a lot of great history both here in Oakland – and then also, obviously, uh, in Philadelphia, we want to celebrate all of it. Like if we bring back, like, the great-great-grandson of Lefty Grove. Hey, whatever it takes. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, Jimmy Fox or whatever it ends up being. Or, you know, th- there's just a lot of great connections we can build there. And tell those stories of those players and what they meant to those communities. I think people will really appreciate that. No doubt about it. It's going to be a fun day. We're honoring one of the greatest teams to have ever played the build. This is so cool. Every two weeks, I love it. This we're going to so hook up. Next time we talk, we'll have big news. We will have big news. Well, yes, we always have big news. That's how we roll. That's yeah. how Things we roll. Things are happening. Things are happening. When are we getting an Emmy for this? I don't know. I think we maybe have already earned it. <laughs> it might be in the mail. It might be in the mail. We're breaking new ground. That's what I love about this. This is like, this is the A's. It's innovation. It's trying new things. And it's like being at the forefront. That, that's what we do. And we're the and what we're doing now with A's cast, we're number one in Major League Baseball. I'm telling you, Tony. I don't know what you're doing. Just keep doing it. <laughs> we're just going to keep building. <laughs> keep doing it. As I like to tell the staff, we're building a bully. Yes. <laughs> that way. Keep it going. <laughs> well, great stuff. Enjoy today. It's going to be very special. It will. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 